Okay, recording. You have a story to tell, and maybe you've thought, I should start a podcast. Meet Anchor. It's a powerful app that lets you record a podcast anywhere and get it heard everywhere. All you need to do is download the free Anchor app and hit record. Just go to anchor.fm slash get started. Make a podcast with Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash get started. Great. I think we got it. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host your own podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your own show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate any other hosting set would charge you just for your initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bw.hustle slash join. What's up, guys? My name is Juice Podcast. My name is Salman Ali, at Salman Ali NBA on Twitter. And today we're going to be doing our first podcast in almost two weeks. And I thought I'd give an explanation for that long break. Uh, so long story short, I have some stuff going on. And I'd rather not discuss that stuff here. But essentially, it's kept me busy. And I haven't been able to do my normal Rockets coverage for the past few weeks. And I haven't attended Rockets press conferences I haven't been watching Rockets games live. I've pretty much refrained from tweeting as much as I can to focus on this other stuff. And now I'm back, right? I'm going to be pretty much back at it on the grind starting March, uh, podcasting starting this moment. Uh, you're going to see regular uploads from me again. I apologize for the long break, but you know, I just thought I'd give an explanation. I, I had some stuff going on and that stuff has been resolved. So we're going to get back to our usual mediocre Rockets coverage. Um, starting with Michael Shapiro today, we're going to be talking about DeMarcus Cousins and how things ended in that situation. Why the Rockets are losing so much and what happens now that they're losing so much. The trade deadline obviously is coming up. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about 
Victor Oladipo, uh, whether or not the Rockets decide to keep him. All this and more. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we are joined by Michael Shapiro of SI Now. How you doing, Michael? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. So I haven't podcasted in 12 days for reasons I talked about at the intro. But bottom line, I was making the rundown for this show. And I was just like, where the hell do I start with this team? Let's just start here. The Rockets have lost eight NBA-sanctioned basketball games in a row. After trending in a pretty positive direction defensively, they are now 24th in defensive rating in that stretch. Um, what's going on? Like, how do you diagnose this? Well, I think, you know, it's kind of a myriad of problems, right? I think the personnel issues are continuing to rear their ugly head just in the fact that the Rockets have rarely played with a full lineup. I saw the other day that their most five, their uh, most used five-man lineup still includes James Harden, and he was traded over a month ago. No Christian Wood in the lineup, and while he's not exactly a plus defender, he uh, certainly better than DeMarcus Cousins. You don't have John Wall on recent nights. You don't have Victor Oladipo on certain nights. So I just think the lack of cohesion and personnel uh, has really created some problems for Steven Silas' squad. Yeah, and the temptation to say is they've lost all these games because of health, right? And Christian Wood rolled his ankle and the Rockets have started dropping games game after game. On top of that, as you said, Victor Oladipo and John Wall have been both been in and out of the lineup. P.J. Tucker's missed games and, of course, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, who we'll talk about in a bit. I also think we need to acknowledge the giant elephant in the room. Like, part of this is kind of the NBA without a superstar. Like, without with James Harden, the Rockets are winning like 60% of their games, like somewhere north of that. It almost didn't matter who was around him. Harden would drag a team to wins they had no business getting. And when you don't have that kind of guy, you have a ceiling in this league. And you pretty much have to have perfect health to reach that ceiling. Now, to be clear... I don't think they're this bad. The injuries are a factor, and they have too much talent to be this bad. Uh, I also don't think they were as good as they showed before this stretch. Uh, what were they, like 7-4, and four, I think? Yeah, like they aren't that good of a team, and they also aren't this bad. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think your, your point about learning how life is without James Harden is kind of an astute one. You know, Harden kind of smooths over a lot of things on the roster uh, and shortcomings on the roster in recent seasons. And without him, you're right. You know, one guy goes down and your kind of team completely falls apart here without that superstar. And yeah, I do think that the Rockets uh, could over the second half of the season kind of trend closer to 500 basketball. Uh, but you see with these kind of absences and exits from the lineup, there's just no room for error and, and the rotation is just thinner and thinner. And it kind of creates a situation where, right, if you're missing John Wall or Victor Oladipo for a night or if you're missing Christian Wood for two weeks, you're really not going to have a chance to be competitive against these better teams. And I think that's really what's bothered Steven Silas in recent nights. It's just how non-competitive the team has looked, especially against Chicago. You know, the defensive effort wasn't there. He noted the spirit was kind of down in recent nights. I, I think that'll pick up naturally as they kind of get healthier. But the kind of nights where... You might just not have it. James Harden picked them up and bailed them out in recent years, and now they really don't have that safety net. Right. And the natural question is, well, what should they do now? And there's this growing com- contingency among the fan base that's frustrated with this middle ground, right? The thought is, if you're not going to be that good of a team, why not just commit to the tank? And I still believe the incentive to intentionally lose games does not exist with the Rockets this season, simply because of the protected pick swap that they owe. Um Michael, what side of the fence do you stand on that? Because the the pick is top four protected, so theoretically 
Um, if they're the worst record in basketball, they have a 48% chance to keep that pick. I think I know where Houston stands on this, but in your opinion, is that worth it? You know, I think that the Rockets themselves are going to be a little hesitant to kind of tank it out. I think they want to show some respectability to the fans, and I think they kind of want to show some respectability in Steven Silas's first year and build a culture and build a program. I think there's going to be a little more incentive there than I think you might be letting on as the season kind of trickles into its final weeks, especially after the trade deadline, where if you see P.J. Tucker kind of shipped out of town, we'll see what happens with Victor Oladipo. You know, it could be a situation where John Wall might be shut down maybe near the end of the year for a week or so, because top four pick is really something that can kind of change the the face of the franchise. It can change the direction of the franchise. And I think if you can't land one of these top four picks in this year's draft, you're staring at another real year of mediocrity coming forward. So, you know, it is hard to say, and I don't think that they should be kind of bailing out of this, the playoff race necessarily, or bailing out of respectability in February. But if it's kind of a similar situation where they're a bottom five team in, in late March and early April, I kind of do think you will see the tank start in earnest. Yeah, I think this question really depends on how you see Miami doing this season, right? I still expect them to be fairly good, right? And if they're going to be fairly good, like if they're an above 500 team and Houston ends up with like, let's say they miss on the top four and they're like the fifth pick, you're swapping that fifth pick for potentially a top 20 pick, right, with Miami? That's a huge and gut-punching blow. And... I just, I'm just not sure if Houston wants to risk that, right? Because there is no guarantee. Like, odds are, as of this moment, like even if you're that if you're that bad, you will not keep the pick. And you know, I know how these front offices think. They think in 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 terms of these odds. I just don't think they like those odds. Now, I, of course, uh, there's going to be questions to tackle at the trade deadline, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. But even if you get to that point, I just think there is still an incentive to be as good as you possibly can. I, I still think that that's just, it's just, it can be too devastating of a blow. It's not just one team you're dealing with, right? Theoretically, if you're trying to do to, you know, if you're, if you have this pick swap owed out to OKC, then yeah, go for the tank because you both got, you both are going to be pretty bad this year. Right. But you're talking about a team that's actually good and that's why it can be potentially devastating. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tough situation where, as I kind of noted earlier, especially in the first year of a head coach, you, you don't want to kind of spoil the pot here and set a negative tone. I think there could be a balance struck, you know, it could be kind of a situation where if you're resting John Wall, for instance, in the final weeks, you might just lose some games anyway, right? You know, you you could put a pretty poor product on the floor even without necessarily trying. And I do think you also make a good point that the front office and ownership probably wants to be as competitive as possible from a certain kind of optics perspective, right? You know, you kind of dealt James Harden. You want to show that you have some resilience as a squad. It's just going to become a lot tougher to make these decisions, I think, in late March and early April. Right now, I'm sure the directive, obviously, and the hope from everyone involved is to keep winning. Uh, Though in the final weeks of the season, I could definitely see that changing. So let's talk about DeMarcus Cousins. So... According to Tim McMahon of ESPN, he wasn't happy with this idea of coming off the bench for Christian Wood. Uh, the Rockets also seem to want to head in a younger direction at that position. Uh, they guaranteed his contract as a show of good faith before releasing him today. Uh, why didn't this work out? You, you know, I, I think that 
Well, first, I'm not going to speak to the veracity of the report over Cousins being upset or not upset. I saw it was kind of denied. I really don't have enough information to kind of make a judgment either way. But I think it really didn't work because Cousins just really isn't a plus player right now at this point in his career. You know, he was pretty slow and lumbering defensively, even more so than he previously was. His efficiency kind of plummeted. And as Stephen Silas kind of noted today, it's hard for these big men to really survive in this league unless they have an exceptional skill on either end. And right now, you know, Cousins at this point in his career doesn't have any exceptional skill. Uh, especially when Christian Wood comes back, I think the Rockets want to play him as their primary five as much as possible. And if there's any sort of discontent from Cousins about that, it kind of made sense to kind of part ways and cut bait. It didn't seem like he was necessarily helping the situation as the Rockets continued to slide. You know, now, now best of luck, of course, the Cousins moving forward, but it kind of seems like a situation where his exit from Houston made sense for both parties. Yeah, and I think he came into camp as be- in, in as best shape as he can. It's just he's coming off of two devastating injuries, right? One of those injuries was, you know, considered a career ender like ten years ago, and it's not it's not difficult for me to imagine him being this this poorly, especially defensively. In fact, when the Rockets first signed him, I was I was critical of the signing because I didn't know, you know, you know, the 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 news hadn't dropped that they had signed him to a non-guaranteed deal and I was just like why are you giving why are you giving away guaranteed money at this point you're so close to the hard cap to somebody who has not been proven to be a positive contributor in a number of years it just didn't seem like you know a worthwhile signing to me now obviously they ended up that ended up being uh, a non-guaranteed deal and ultimately it didn't matter anyways because they they're way under the hard cap now, right after the Harden trade. Right. So, so that stuff doesn't matter. So, guaranteeing his contract really doesn't matter that much. Um, but I think every year in general, there are players that sign with teams under the presumption that they're going to be a contender, and the Rockets obviously aren't that anymore after the Harden trade. And I also think Demarcus wanted to prove himself, and he obviously signed the non-guaranteed deal for a reason. His price tag was pennies on the dollar. And the Rockets never had an internal problem with him. It's just, it didn't work out. You know, like, sure, he picked up a couple of technical fouls. And I don't think that's changing anytime soon. That's This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter. And now you can see what's happening around your home right from your couch. Just pull up your Home Life cameras on your TV with your Contour voice remote and some simple voice commands. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're outside? Say, show me my backyard camera. And to see who's at the door, just say, show me my front porch camera. To learn more, visit cox.com slash thisishome. That's just DeMarcus Cousins. But other than that, he was a consummate professional. I just think he wants a bigger role on a team, and I don't think he was going to get that in Houston. Even if he was like the sixth man, there's just not that much to do if Christian Wood is occupying like 35 minutes a game at the center position. Because there's only like 13 minutes left over to Boogie. And we know that uh, both of them are more effective playing center than power forward. So I don't think playing them together was an option. And Steven Silas also likes to play um, a lot of centerless lineups. And those minutes obviously aren't coming out of Christian Wood's pocket. They're coming out of DeMarcus Cousins. So I understand this move. I think it's ultimately going to be better for both sides. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. 
from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I do think it's kind of a win-win. I think for Cousins, it was a situation where he either wanted to be somewhere where he could earn major minutes or kind of the other option is play somewhere where he can be in the postseason and play with a contender. Neither of those situations are really going to happen in Houston this year. So parting ways, it was nice for the Rockets to honestly guarantee the rest of his deal. I thought that was kind of a, a good gesture from Houston. It seemed like the league was also kind of chipping in uh, and guaranteeing some of that salary. So we'll see if Cousins lands somewhere else. I, I'm a little skeptical that he can help really anyone at this point. I, I'm not trying to pile on or anything, but uh, he's looked pretty darn unproductive uh, and was struggling a fair amount here in Houston. So we'll see what he really has left if he can land somewhere else. I'm rooting for him. Listen, Me too. I, I, yeah. I want him to succeed. Like I, I, it's, I just like the idea that the Achilles is not, is no longer a death sentence for your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like it, it seems like players are coming off of that and looking, you know, pretty spry. Kevin Durant obviously is the most exactly. shining example of that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I want him to succeed. Um, what do you think Houston does at the trade deadline? Because at the moment, I'm pretty confident that PJ Tucker will be moved. Outside of that, I think it's become kind of a coin flip as to whether or not Victor Odipo will be moved as well. Uh, where do you stand on that? Do you think there's a team out there that makes it worth it for Houston? You know, it, it's so, so interesting. I've been thinking about the same thing. And I think you're right that Tucker, at this point, based on the direction of, of the Rockets franchise, I think they actually will have a market where maybe they could snag a heavily protected first or a few seconds. I think they'll be able to move Tucker, and Tucker will be able to play on a playoff contender. As for Oladipo, I don't know necessarily if it, if a contender is really going to show out enough assets to make it worth Houston's while. Now, I would assume that Raphael Stone is probably having some kind of conversation with Oladipo's representation uh, to kind of gauge the market and what he's looking for in free agency. And I really think that that is kind of the determining factor. If it seems like Oladipo is going to command a nine-figure salary or more in free agency, right, then I kind of do think it is in the Rockets' best interest to try to ship him. But are they really going to get more than a protected first? Are they going to get anything like multiple ones? I don't really see that happening. So it's kind of a tough situation where my ultimate bet is I think the Rockets will roll the dice and take this into free agency with Oladipo. Will that be the most prudent play? Maybe, maybe not. But I I think it really is an interesting situation. I just don't think they're going to get an offer that's going to entice them enough to pull the trigger on an Oladipo deal right now. Yeah, I think I'm with you in that. I think Houston will ultimately roll the dice and, and keep him through free agency. I think that's why they made the trade. Otherwise, they would have kept Carousel right? Yep. And and give, they wouldn't have given up that second-round pick, obviously. I, I think they want, to, they want to see how this works out. If it works out and they can get a sweetheart offer for him in free agency, obviously they'll, they'll re-sign him. If they if they doesn't, they take the space, right? I think mm-hmm. I think part of it is they like the option of, of having the space. And, you know, being a rebuilding team with space is, you know, obviously something that you always want to do. And they're setting, they're setting themselves up to be a rebuilding team for the next few years. And part of that is not having cumbersome contracts on the books. Yeah, I mean, that was a question I kind of wanted to lobby to you. If you had to bet now, like, do, do you think that Oladipo will be on the roster next year? I, I kind of think it will be a situation where they're going to play it out. And then, as you said, just kind of take the space as a positive thing. Because I kind of think if you're committing long-term uh, big money to Oladipo and you have him and Wall both for multiple years at big money in your backcourt, 
are you really doing anything of note in this Western Conference, right? I feel like that's just kind of setting you up for an ugly situation. Uh, we'll kind of discuss that, I'm sure, more in the coming months and when free agency approaches. But, yeah, I think they'll play it through. And unless they can kind of get a really good offer there and get a really cheap contract considerably for Oladipo, I could see him kind of walking. And, and people might say, okay, well, you, you had Oladipo and you let him go for nothing. But that's not necessarily the case when you consider the cap space implications. Yeah, I have a really tough time answering this question because mm. I, I I just – I don't know what his market's going to be because, you know, before, before, you know, a couple months, a few months ago, I would have said, you know, there's a chance here right now, looking, looking at the way things are going, that Houston, Houston might be able to get Oladipo to a sweetheart deal, right? Because first of all, the, the market at a few months ago was clogged with a lot of really quality, you know, high quality players and all those high quality players signed contract extensions, right? So they're no longer free agents this summer. Oladipo might be one of the top options on the market at the, at the moment. I think he might be the top option on the market. And, yeah. and if that's the case, you know, I like how confident are you that a team won't overpay to, or roll the dice, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a team, if if a team is going to roll the dice on Gordon Hayward, what's what's to say that they won't roll the dice on Victor Oladipo? Right, that's kind of where I end up on things. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of think that's a similar situation where you know, not to disrespect Oladipo at all, but I think that a team will overpay for him. You know, I think that in a limited market, and there will be you know some fair amount of suitors. I think a team will go ahead and shell out kind of a nine figure deal, kind of a Gordon Hayward s style deal, and. You know, from what we've seen from Oladipo thus far, he, he has looked pretty solid physically, I feel like, but I just think that he's not going to return to that offensive peak we did kind of see in that brief stretch for Indiana. And is he kind of the offensive guy you want to have as your leading man? I'm not necessarily so convinced. And more importantly, I don't think that – I'm not so sure that Raphael Stone is convinced. You know what I mean? I kind of think that he – views John Wall as kind of the more indispensable part of the backcourt as the kind of guy that, you know, for warts and all, really is more of an engine of an offense. You know, Oladipo seems to be more of a complementary piece. Uh, so I think that Houston, ultimately, if they get a great offer here at the trade deadline for Oladipo, we'll, we'll kind of dump him. Uh, because otherwise, I have a hard time seeing $100 plus million dollars uh, in Oladipo coming back to Houston next season. Uh, here's a question. Who is the better asset, Karis LeVert or Victor Oladipo? If you were to bet, like at the trade deadline, who do you think fetches more? Um, you, you know, Karis's kind of health issues did complicate that a bit, but you know, I, I that was kind of the question that I had when this whole thing kind of went down is that if you intend to keep him or trade him, isn't Karis kind of the more appealing piece? Uh, Victor hasn't exactly lit the world on fire in Houston. Um. I think the the thing with is if the Rockets had kept Levert, they would have you know just kept him instead of trying to look through him as a trade piece. I guess they kind of thought that they could get draft capital back with Oladipo and use him as that way, uh, and he's kind of a more ready to go player if that makes sense. Um, so that that still is something I'm still kind of scratching my head about, right? Why did they go and compound it with that specific move, especially when Levert is an intriguing young talent? If you want to keep him or trade him. Uh, so yeah, I, I would side with Wolvert in that conversation, but perhaps I'm kind of underrating Oladipo to a degree. No, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I really don't know what Oladipo's value is right now, uh, because part of it is like you don't want to give him too much leeway, right? Because it's been two years at this point, right, since the injury, and, and yes, he was an All NBA talent, but again, 
it was one year and you kind of wonder, was that a blip year or can mm-hmm. he get back to those levels of efficiency, particularly scoring the basketball? He's just not as efficient as he once was getting to the basket, finishing at the basket, getting to the free throw line. Um, it, it, it's not, it's just not the same anymore. Defensively, he does have some of it still there. Like I, I, I still see a pretty good defender in there, but. I, offensively, I'm just not sure if he can get back to those levels. Like he just seems like a fine option. Like I, I, I kind of think at this point for Houston this season, like Eric Gordon's been the more dependable option there at the shooting guard position. Yeah, Eric's had had a pretty nice year. I feel like he's really bounced back after kind of being battled by uh, a slew of injuries last year. Yeah, I haven't been necessarily all that impressed by the Oladipo experience thus far. And again, I think you got to give him and, and Wall and really the team writ large some benefit of the doubt, just considering all the injury woes and the absences. But, you know, if, if the Rockets thought this was a situation where Oladipo would come in, light the world on fire, and then fetch some massive trade haul, that, that clearly has not happened. And I don't think that it will happen uh, in the coming weeks. How much does Christian Wood turn this around? So he's reportedly going to come back near the All-Star break, right? And you'd assume he's going to help turn this team out, team around a little bit, right? Cause he, he was definitely a part of the offensive engine there. I think John Wall seems to be the head of that ship for sure. Like he's the table setter. But as far as just scoring, he is the most efficient scorer on this team, probably the most dependable scorer on the team by far at this point. Like how much, how, how much can he help turn this around? Like do they go from like, you know, what they are now to a slightly above 500 team? Are they a 500 team? Like, what kind of team are they at full health? Well, they're certainly a more more respectable squad with Christian Wood in the lineup, right? I mean, I think uh, that's pretty obvious considering what you've seen of late. I think that with Christian Wood, this team can kind of trend close to 500. I think that's assuming that you get kind of a full second half of the season from John Wall and a full second half of the season or close to it from Victor Oladipo. I mean, Wood, I would say he's been as advertised, but I think he's been better than advertised. I mean, he's really a prodigious scoring talent. He's not kind of the defensive sieve that I think a lot of people kind of made him out to be. I think he's uh, you know, closer to league average than, than a disaster, I would say, on that end of the floor. So, um, you know, that contract is just fantastic when you look at it from, from Raphael Stone. Uh, and yeah, I think when he's in the lineup and his team's at full strength, they're, they're kind of a more respectable unit. They're kind of a nine, 10, uh, seed, you know, I think in the Western Conference, somewhere around there. Now, will the Rockets get enough games with their kind of trio together, uh, to kind of make a push to the playoffs? You know, I'm kind of skeptical there. I, I don't really think so, even with 10 teams, you know, making the playoffs this year in the Western Conference. But, you know, I think that the disaster that we see won't really be the same case when Christian Wood returns. Have you got a chance to watch Kevin Porter Jr.? <laughs> I've watched uh, two full KPJ games, and then obviously, you know, the, the, any any KPJ clip on on these tweeted uh, ad nauseum from Rocket Twitter. He looks very talented, you know, off the bounce. You know, someone joked like Baby Harden, but the, the step back is pretty impressive. Um, I, I think when we see him, he's going to make at least somewhat of an impact on the offensive end. I think that's something the Rockets uh for really the last decade have done is kind of find pieces that have been discarded and made them quality contributors and frankly i think that porter jr can kind of be that piece you know if you have wood wall porter jr and a lottery pick in 2022 it's not such a disaster now that's a lot of ifs and uh uncertain things up in the air but i think with him uh he could be a nice piece and the future of the franchise i don't think it should be so totally doom and gloom here i think that this stretch is going to be the worst of it 
Uh, and it's going to be a more respectable team moving forward, both this year and I think in the coming years. I would also add Tate in that group of like exciting mm-hmm, young players. Um, yeah. yeah, I haven't got a chance to watch, watch a full game of Tate. All, all I've seen is highlights and I, 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 the highlights are very fun. Let me be perfectly clear. <laughs> I, I, I've enjoyed watching the highlights, but it's been so busy. I haven't got a chance to watch a full game. And I want to see. I, I want to see what he's capable of. I mean, he he certainly looks like a really potentially really exciting scorer, right? And I, I'm not sure what he can do defensively, but it's it's the highlights are fun. The highlights are yeah. fun. I I just it, they they there might be something there, and it's it's unfortunate it didn't work out in Cleveland, but who knows? Maybe it works out in Houston. Yeah, you know, he he's certainly kind of like a a bit of a wild colt out there. You know, certain possessions, you know, he he might go 100 miles an hour and dribble it off his leg. He might miss a rotation. Jackson will advise three, but you know, whatever. It's it's a young guy playing the G League. I think the flashes of scoring talent that you see uh, are are legitimately pretty exciting. So you know, I'm not. Oh gonna, my god! Uh, it, 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 it's really impressive. This some of these highlights things he can do. It's uh, no, no, I'm, I I just looked up his he's, he's 20 years. He was born in 2000. It's just, mm, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's gonna take me a while cool. to see birthdays in the two thousands, like in the, yeah, right. in, the <laughs> in the NBA. It's just, it's just, uh, uh, sorry, that that, that threw me off guard. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's <laughs> no, it's it's exciting young player. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, it's incredible that that they, they basically just dumped him. I mean that that yeah. that pick is not going to convert. It's it's what a situation. What is, I I I hope I hope he turns it around. I hope he's exciting. I hope he's you know ends up being a contributor for the Rockets, but. We will see. For now, uh, it was very fun having you on, Michael. Where can we follow you on Twitter and, and read your work? Yeah, you can find my work at si.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at mshap2. Um, and catch it all there. Thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me.